A ring is a ring, but not all championships are created equal. And in a few decades, we'll sit down with our kids and they'll talk about how many titles each guy has and the context will be lost. Every year it feels like we have a final series, guys get hurt, it's a wacky playoffs. And so we really wanted to dig into this idea that different, different championships have different weights. Um, and if you were lining up all of these Larry OBs in a trophy case, that there would be some sort of order, like a raising the bar. Mm -hmm. um, a hierarchy. A hierarchy. And one thing we really didn't want to do is relitigate LeBron's decision. So we'll leave that up to the viewers. We decided yeah. to go back to 2014 and say, from 2014 to 2021, how do you rank the quote-unquote weights of these titles? And obviously, we needed some criteria. Um, what I was saying to, to Max earlier is, is I kind of think of it as like degree, net degree of difficulty is what I was calling it. Meaning, how, how so, so strength of schedule, keeping in mind how good your team is. We also have to subtract um, a ring chaser tax because yes. it just isn't quite the same. Still a title, but when a, when a superstar goes out of his way, to team up with other superstars in, a, in an unnatural, in an or, inorganic fashion, um, we, we gave them a little bit of a, of a ring chaser tax. Now, I'm sure mm -hmm. Max and I will have different interpretations of, of these criteria, yeah. but that was, the, that was the homework assignment. Yeah. A lot of fun uh, going back through the old playoff rounds and remembering some things that I'd forgotten, some I think forgotten teams that uh, will probably be lost to history because they didn't win the finals or even uh, make the conference finals. Um, but they're a part of the story. They're a part of the story. So yeah, let's get into it. Do you want to go back to front or front to back? Uh, we got to go back to front, but I also, right. I also was just starting to feel really old thinking like, you know, the way, the way Simmons talks about the 86 Celtics, like th these are our years. These, these are yeah, the yeah. years we're going to feel like we know best. So yeah. it's fun. It's, so it's fun to go back and think about 2014 to 2021. Yes. Um, just tell me this. Do we agree that the, the lightest trophies in the last eight years are Golden State 17 and 18? Yeah, okay. no doubt. Um, did you, do, you, do you care about a, a specific order of those two or are they interchangeable? Yes, I put 17 above 18 just because of the dominance of 17. Yeah. Um, and you have to, you know, give a little respect to the fact that it might be the best team we've ever seen. Um, and the fact that it was kind of a disappointment that they didn't go 16 and 0 in the playoffs. Yeah. Like it would have been really nice if they went 16 and 0 in the playoffs just for history's sake. Cause, and just to sort of cement them as the best team of all time. Um, yeah. But they kind of let their foot off the gas in one of the Cavs games, whatever. But in 18, I think it was disappointing how many games they lost along the way. Yep. Um, However, you know, I, I, I agree with you in my, in, in my rankings, I put 2017 Warriors in the seven spot. Yeah. 20, 2018 Warriors in the eight spot. Um, you know, the 2017 Warriors went Blazers sweep, Utah sweep, Spurs sweep. And awesome. then like you, and then, like you said, a five game champion, uh, a five game finals victory over the Cavs. Yeah, um, the only you, argument for 2018 being higher yes. is that the Rockets, the were Rockets, the best team they were, were the best team they played. But I also don't think that should have gone seven. Like they were, they were a much better team than the Rockets. I think the Rockets were built to try to stop them. Mm -hmm. and I think it's admirable how close they got. But 
I don't think that should have been a seven game series. I honestly, the finals could have been five if there wasn't the J.R. Smith game and that Cavs team was not very good. So I think degree of difficulty was neither of those were that hard. Um, heavy ring chaser tax though. We don't have to litigate that. Yeah. Um, ring chaser tax really docked both these warriors teams. Sorry, yeah. KD. I know you're Sorry, David West. Um, like you said, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult. Is it an argument for or against the 2018 rocket, uh, the 2018 warriors that they ran into a Houston team that I do think was championship caliber. I really do believe. Um, yeah. and you have the O for 27 debacle, um, horribly devastating Trevor Ariza, PJ Tucker, Covington. None of them can hit a shot. Tucker was actually two of four in that game. I think (laughs) that was an amazing series to watch. CP doesn't get hurt. The Rockets might actually pull that one out. Um, And we don't even get to rank the 2018 Warriors, but I I agree with you. 17 was so incredibly dominant and so angeringly fun to watch that we, that, that they deserve to not be in last place. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's get the hell away from the KD Warriors. Though, yeah, those, those are one pound chips. We don't need those. So number six, who's, who's your six seed? Let's get interesting. 2019 Raptors. I do as well. All last, right. se- last second switch. Um, they were almost my five. I moved them down to six. I'm interested okay. to hear if you had a similar train of thought. Let's hear it. Yeah. So the table they ran was five. That Philly team with Jimmy Butler in seven, uh, the Bucks team, which uh, would flame out the following year, but win the championship two years later. They were one seed that year in six after going down 2-0. Raptors came back and then Warriors in six. But of course, that was KD tears the Achilles. Clay Thompson tears his ACL. Clay Thompson also, both Clay and KD missed a couple games in that series before those injuries. So honestly, in retrospect, that Philly team with Jimmy Butler's a good yeah. team and that bucks team did go on to win the championship a couple of years later once they got drew holiday so those are that's a solid path and i think that raptors team is a worthy champion but it's just hard when the finals was so deflating that year after yeah after all those guys got hurt yeah so like i said i almost had them at five i switched it at the last second i think philly was a championship caliber team that year the same way i said in 18 the rockets were good enough i really do believe that you know i mean the Kawhi, the Kawhi bounce was insane. I, it, you know, that, that series easily could have gone the other way. Um, I think Philly was good enough to win a title. And then, so, and, and then I, I think, I guess it was the conference finals. Um, the Bucks go up to nothing and Kawhi drags his team to four straight wins. I the called famous, that the adjustment yeah. as I'm guarding Giannis. Yeah. Series. I called that the Canadian sweep. Um, and then, as you said, the finals was Armageddon that year. The one yeah. reason I had to, I had to, um, drag them back down to six, the six seed, this Raptors title team was just that. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, we all can agree that the the Warriors were extremely likely to win that finals if they had their team. Um, And so it just, even though Kawhi was transcendent, truly one of the best finals performances I've ever seen um, in this, it was still a Warriors team that had Steph. Um, they had talent, but it just, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't a fun finals to watch after those in, after those devastating injuries to yeah. Golden State. Um, yeah. But, but a really incredible run up to the finals, which r- brings the Raptors above the two KD MV, finals MVP years. Certainly a level up from that. If, if those first two are worth 
you know, weigh one pound, there's like a, you know, maybe a five pounder. Yep. I, I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so this is this, I think this is where things are going to get chippy for us. I think so. Uh, oh. Um, so, so you had, the, we both had the Raptors at six. Our bottom three has been the same. Yep. Who's your five? This is hard for me to admit because he's my favorite player in the NBA, but, uh, I had the bucks from last year at five. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think the most, honestly, the most, well, the, the finals was impressive. Um, the Suns you know, we're probably a lower than average finals team, I'd say. Um, yeah. They, you know, we're very fortunate to get there with the injuries to both the LA teams. Um, okay. Of course they earned it. Yeah. Sorry. You know, we all know how that would have ended. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> certainly doesn't age well with uh, what Luca did to them this year, but they had it. They did have a, a historic, the Bucks had a historically favorable Eastern conference finals matchup against Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, ice and, tray. yeah and honestly it's 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 i think this is like a median in history championship weight Agreed. this is like an average championship weight i'd say i think the four above it are very heavy um but Giannis, you know he cemented his like his his status as like a top player and no one can doubt him anymore for not having a jump shot um 50 and 14 in the title clincher I've I think gone back and watched title, the highlights of that yeah. game like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't get enough. Um, a number of iconic plays. Uh, the path, you know, everyone harps on the net series and how the Nets would have like mopped the floor with them if they'd been healthy. I don't know if that's 100% true because Kyrie got hurt in game four when the Bucks were up. Like it's not like, yeah. like the Nets lost game three with Kyrie and KD. Granted, Harden was out. If Harden was there, I agree they probably would have. They probably would have beaten them, but even with Kyrie, like it still looked like the Bucks were kind of starting to figure themselves out, and they started every series that year kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and Giannis coming back from his injury to be that dominant was was really spectacular. So I'd say I'd give that like a nice medium average grade for championship weight. Yeah, um, similar page here. I in the same like in the same way I give the Raptors so much credit for that uh, second round series win over Philly in 2019. Like I, I, I give the bucks complete credit for, you know, Katie's foot is on the line, blah, blah, blah. They, they win that series so narrowly, but that's what happened. And if we yep. aren't, and if we aren't judging these guys legacies based off these, these extremely narrow results, you know, game of inches, then what are we doing? So um, yep. it's funny because I've actually been the Giannis hater the last couple of years in this friendship. And That's it really wasn't until this title that I had to just throw in the towel and admit how great the dude is. Um, the bottom line is like during that, during that net series and going into this past season, we thought Katie was the best player in the world. Yep. Um, and so even with half a series of Kyrie and a hobbled James Harden, Giannis carried his team against um, against the best player in the world at the time. KD was better than Giannis in that series, but this we aren't we aren't litigating individual legacies. These yeah. are these are teams, and it wasn't um, like a, a canyon between them. There were yeah, and then so so I kind of I, I thought that the Brooklyn win compensated for a really lackluster yeah. um, opponent uh, Eastern Conference Finals opponent in the Hawks. 
Yes. And, 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 and I am pretty high on, on last year's Suns team. Mm-hmm. You know, they wilted a little bit in the finals, um, but that was prime Chris Paul. That was, uh, you know, Devin Booker's arrival. And that was a deep, well-coached team. Aiton, Aiton's stock was much higher a year yeah. ago than it is today. Yeah. Um, and I picked the Suns going into that series. I think I picked the Suns before the playoffs to win it all. Um, so I thought very highly of that Phoenix team. Yeah. And funnily enough, after doubting Giannis for years, um, his title has aged very well for me. So yeah. I had I had that one at four. You had it at five. But, you know, okay. pretty close there. Yeah. Um, okay. As, yeah. Just as a side note, it's really, it's really unfortunate that we haven't gotten a Giannis Embiid series yet in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. I really would have liked it to happen either this year. Well, it couldn't have happened this year because they both lost in the second round. But last year, obviously, it was the time and the Sixers just completely wilted. But anyways, to the next. Yep. Um, And also something that we've neglected to um, refer back to as well is zero ring chaser tax, really, for the Bucs team. Um, I guess they they made the Drew Holiday trade, but, you know, he was – the third best player on that team, maybe the second, if you, you know, his defense was incredible. Chris Middleton was made so many huge shots for, for that team during their run as well. Um, yep. But that was a homegrown core. Um, mm-hmm. And they had, you know, like you said, sort of a median strength of schedule, median degree of difficulty that combined with no uh, ring chaser tax has them in the top half mm-hmm. of my, of my uh, rankings here. Nice 15 uh, pounder. Yep. Um, okay. Is your number four, the bubble Lakers? It is not. Wow. Okay. Max <laughs> loves the bubble. <laughs> I'm ready to argue vociferously for the 2020 Lakers, but do you want me to do it now or when we get to them um, on my list? Okay. Well, who did you have it for? I had, it was close. I'll be honest. I, I went back and forth a lot. I had I'm getting ready Warriors. to get upset. I had the 15 Warriors at four. The 15 Warriors at four. Okay. I think this is, and I I think that's super fair. I had them at three, and I think this is where I let nostalgia get the best of me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, this was no love, and Kyrie only played for one game in that that 2015 finals against the Warriors. So let's let's just do that one now. Um, I have so much love for this fully homegrown championship team. I think it was an underratedly really tough second round matchup against the grit and grind Grizzlies. Though the Grizzlies were very banged up, but continue. They were, they were banged up. It was not the Grizzlies team that, um, that, that humiliated the thunder in 2013. Um, Definitely a little bit older, uh, a little less spry, but still a hard second round matchup. And this is when we still have prime, prime Marcus all, and nobody wants to play that team in the second round. Um, And then they, they, they had early hard in Houston in the conference finals, um, a series that I think they were favored in. But um, again, this is an unproven Warriors team. We still have Charles on TNT saying they're soft and this is not no way for a championship team to play. Uh, Steph has had his moment in MSG where he's shimmying and it's his league for a second. Um, I, I have so much I have so much love and admiration for the system that they built, the way they played, the fact that they were balanced enough as a team that their best player didn't even win finals MVP. Mm-hmm. This was our lowest scoring finals MVP in this whole run of 2014 to 2021. Iguodala averaged 16.3 points in the finals. 
Um, yep. We we don't need to relitigate that. You know, I think that they should have given. They probably should have given LeBron the Jerry West treatment, given him the Finals MVP on the losing team. He didn't get it. LeBron was insane in this series, um, but he had no help. So, yeah, um, yeah I had them. I had them at three just because no no ring chaser tax, and um, I thought Grizzlies not so easy. Um, but you know what? I'm looking at it again, feeling like you're probably right. I, yeah, I, I, I can I can tell you what ding them for me, and I still think this is a heavyish chip yeah um heavy ish chip uh so in the second round grit and grind grizzlies were definitely banged up like yeah mike conley was playing with a broken face throughout it and really ran out of gas tony allen as chris vernon likes to point out did pull his hamstring uh but you know that combined with then the Kyrie kevin love being out and also kevin durant having broken his foot that year when that might have been the thunder's best chance to win a championship yeah. Um, was that plantar fasciitis? No, he broke his foot that year. Oh, he fully, that was the year he fully broke it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was like the two surgeries year. Oh my and, God. And like the first taste of, of Russ getting the ball all the time. Yeah. Uh, and the Clippers completely self-combusted against the Rockets um, in the second round. That's the Josh Smith, Corey Brewery year. Uh, so I think the Warriors still would have beaten them because, I mean, it went – they played them the year before and it went seven with a better Clippers and a worse Warriors team. So I yeah. think the Warriors still would have beaten them, but still would have liked to see that series, but you play who you play. Um, but the Kevin Durant injury, I think, and then also the Kevin Love and Kyrie injuries, just things in a little where I put it below the 2020 Lakers, just on the degree of difficulty scale. I think on the meaningfulness scale, it's a more meaningful one than the 2020 Lakers one, but we're just doing this weight based on net degree of difficulty minus ring chaser tax. So yeah, I put warriors four and 2020 Lakers at three. And I'm happy to start arguing for that now. Yeah. Just but, one more argument for 2015 warriors weight is they did it in a new way. They were playing a new style. Um, they, they, they were dominating defensively playing small ball, obviously using Bogut and Azili when needed, but, but really when it got down to it, Draymond was their five and they created a new type of title team. I think the, the fact that they did it in such a novel, endearing way um, that opened up, I think, a lot of franchises' minds about the ways that you can build a team um, amid um, a run of super team years. Uh, I think it was just so magical that I, I got a little carried away with, with, with those aspects of this yeah. team's title. I fully expected to have them top three going in, but then I really started thinking about the Lakers and some of the revisionist history that gets done on the Lakers winning the championship in the bubble really annoys me. First of all, when the season shut down, let's get in, into it. Let's get into it. When the season shut down in March of 2020, the Lakers had just gone on a run of beating the other two chief title contenders at the time, the Bucks and the Clippers in the span of like a week, both in pretty dominant fashion. And I remember a certain podcaster went on his podcast and said that, the Lakers were clearly the team to beat in the NBA. Um, but somehow when the season shut down, we forgot about all that and they just won because it was the bubble and LeBron and AD were rested and didn't have a time to get hurt basically, which I think is ridiculous. And because it was the bubble, it's also probably the healthiest playoffs that we've had since yeah. certainly on this list. And since as far as I can remember, yeah. Like there are no injury asterisks, like, you know, 
I don't know, Kawhi got hurt or KD was out. Well, KD was out, but that's because he got hurt in the previous finals. But of the teams that were in the playoffs, everyone was healthy. Um, a lot of the series going into it, people thought the Lakers might struggle. Like they thought <laughs> Charles Barkley had the brooms out for the Trailblazers 8-1 upset. Sorry to bring that up for you. Um, although oh, I, don't no. I mean, much all, all my year. Blazers group chats were laughing at Charles. I mean, we, we thought yeah. sick if we were lucky. <laughs> um, Zach Lowe thought or picked the Rockets to beat the Lakers in the second round that year. The Rockets seemed like they'd figured out this new way to play basketball with no center. They won game one and then the Lakers just dispensed with them. And, you know, in a perfect world, we would have gotten the LALA showdown in the conference finals and we would have gotten to see the Lakers play the Bucks in the finals. But both those teams kind of, you know, for various reasons, the Bucks, not exactly sure but the heat just sort of mentally pushed them around and Giannis, well, I mean, Giannis got hurt, but the series was decided by the time Giannis got hurt, they were down three Oh already. Yeah. Um, and, but, and they absolutely, like you said, um, they lose game one against the Blazers. People start geeking out, you know, is Dame about to shoot LeBron out of the playoffs? They come back, dominate. They lose game one against Houston. Is, is, is LeBron done? Is this, uh, does this league belong to other younger guys now? They win four straight, just embarrass the Rockets. Yes. And that, and that was, that, that was, you know, another year of like, why does James Harden not look like he cares that much that his team is getting absolutely not kicked out of, out of the playoffs. And, and, and I feel like sometimes we can be harsh on teams that make their opponent look so bad. Yes. Um, that Rockets team was really talented. That was a Rockets yeah. team with a lot of winner winning experience. And, and, and also the Denver conference finals that, you know, that, that was a series the Lakers had to win, mm-hmm. but also an incredibly talented, young, fearless Denver team. Um, yeah. My, my one question would be, is it, is it LeBron and AD hate or is it just whoever was going to whoever was going to win that bubble title was going to be facing some of this questioning? Probably the latter. Um, but I do think I mean, at most I but think you're NBA, saying it's on you're saying that it's you're saying that it's misguided. I'm saying it's misguided. And I know a lot of NBA writers picked the Clippers to win that year. Um, I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm an uh, NBA writer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an NBA writer, but uh, my head picked Clippers, my heart picked Lakers. Um, and it would have been really nice to see those teams play each other, uh, but Lakers could only play who were in front of them. And going into the playoffs, like people thought Lakers, Bucks, Clippers are all really good finals-worthy teams, championship-worthy teams. Um, and the Rockets were looming as like a sort of wild card if they got hot, so... It was not an easy degree of difficulty by any means. And just yeah. because they made it look easy, that, that shouldn't take away from what they did. Yeah. Also, um, we didn't have packed stadiums. Obviously, it was like friends and family in the bubble at a certain point. But it was also a damn cultural oasis after like weeks and months of fear yeah. and COVID chaos. The whole world was watching the bubble playoffs. There was a ton of pressure, uh, a lot of eyes on the NBA. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like some sort of summer league playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm, I'm with you there. Um, 
at this, the, the reason, the reason I had them uh, at five, and I guess you said you had them at three. Um, yeah. I had, I had them at five because it would have been a huge disappointment if the Lakers lost any single one of these series. The Lakers lose to Jimmy Butler's bubble heat, and it's an incredible missed opportunity for LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, and and really uh, an unacceptable defeat for Laker Nation. So, but part of and and I guess what I'm implying there is that they get a little bit of that ring chaser tax. Um, mm-hmm. They did mortgage a lot of their future and a lot of fairly valuable assets to get Anthony Davis. Um, and the, obviously the goal was to get him there and win a title quickly and they pulled it off. And um, it sounds like you have um, buoyed them less with that, with that ring chaser tax that I am holding them account more accountable for. Yeah, I'd say so. Cause they gave up a lot. Like it was a pretty even trade for both sides. At yes. The time. And also like, we can't start hating on a team for wanting to maximize its window with LeBron, especially in his mid thirties when, you know, it's win it's win now or never. Okay, my number two, I hope it's your number two. God, I wanted to put it one. 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, you have a two. I have it at two. Oh, you did what I could not. I really wanted to put the Spurs at one, but I just couldn't quite get there. But okay, yeah, so, so let's just These go. These the two the heaviest by far. Even though we only want to talk about the finals, there were three series before the finals in 2016. All right, the Cavs beat Detroit, sweet, sweet, sweet. who cares? Atlanta. Sort of who cares? That was a fun, feisty team with Millsap, Horford. That was the 60-win team, right? Um, no, it was a 48-win team. Oh, okay. In the second round. But uh, the closest to 60-win team they played was Toronto. It was kind of like peak peak DeRozan and Lowry, 56 wins in 2016. Yeah, um, they didn't pose a threat. Yes. Um, and the Cavs went up 2 nothing. Actually, the Raptors won two in a row, 2-2 two, two series, and then LeBron said, okay, this is over, and they won in six. Um, yeah. Two, two, two. And, and then we get to the series to remember the 2016 finals. Um, the reason I didn't have this, 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 this trophy at number one weight, um, LeBron had Kevin Love and Kyrie. Yeah. In this series, he had talent, you know, it was by LeBron has done a lot more with a lot less than he had on his Cavs team with Tristan Thompson on the offensive boards sort of neutered Kevin Love and in, in Chris Bosh yeah. post LeBron syndrome. <laughs> um, and then obviously Kyrie hit um, one of the biggest shots in finals history. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and so just because LeBron had enough help, it wasn't completely miraculous, but it sure felt miraculous at the time. So I have them at number two. Um, he prevented, I mean, he, he dramatically altered the course of NBA history um, yeah. The Warriors obviously coming off the 2015 title. Don't get to repeat. Take it from here before I ramble. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think that beating the 73 win Warriors just puts you on top. I don't care that Draymond got goaded into punching him in the nuts. Just stop committing flagrant fouls. If you hadn't kicked Steven Adams in the nuts three times in the previous series, you wouldn't have all those flagrant points where you get suspended for punching LeBron in the nuts in the finals. <laughs> or gra- grazing the bottom of his shorts, maybe. Um, yeah. But honestly, my thing with 2016 and why I think it was it's so impressive and sort of a big picture view is the top four teams that year were so good. And to be the last one standing of those four teams, I think is a really great accomplishment. So you had the Cavs and the Warriors, obviously. Then you, had, then you had the Thunder, 
who very easily could have made the finals if Clay didn't go nuclear in game six. Um, Clay Thompson, who, by the way, led the 2016 playoffs in points. Wow. I didn't 582 know points in the 2016 playoffs. Oh, that's because Steph missed like the first round and a half. Yeah. It's also, we also had a little game six, Clay. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the Warriors played long series as well. Um, yep. A lot of games. But, and then the fourth team, the forgotten team in history, the 16 Spurs, who went 40 and one at home. They lost their last home game of the season. They had a chance to go 41 and 0. And I remember it was crazy because the Warriors were on, were on track to winning the most games ever in a regular season. And it was like suspense over whether they'd get the one seed or not for a lot of the season because the Spurs were keeping pace with them. I don't remember how many games they ended up winning. It was like 68 or something like that. Um, but that was a really great team that somewhat lost to history because they lost. Um, they just kind of got overwhelmed by the physicality of the thunder in the second round. Um, 2017 Spurs, also a great team that was lost to history, kind of that whole post championship era. And we'll talk more about the 14 Spurs once we get to your number one and number one in my heart. Um, but I think emerging as the victor out of those, out of that top four is extremely impressive. Even if the Eastern path was very easy um, and the Warriors had to make it through the gauntlet of those three teams in the West. Um, But I get why you'd want to put the 2014 Spurs at number one, because they're like the most beautiful team of all time. Yeah. Uh, The extension of the dynasty. Um, Yeah. So I, yeah, I have, I have the 2014 Spurs at number one. They, they were the one seed in the West. They got the Mavs in round one, which they needed seven games for. It's not fun to play any version of Dirk and Carlisle's Mavs. Mm-hmm. Um, second round, second round, they get Baby Dame and Prime Lamarcus Aldridge. Blazers, five games, pretty easy to handle. And now we get to the Western Conference Finals when they take on a really hungry Thunder team. And this is like Harden has just left. They make the finals in 2012 and then 2013 with no Westbrook, they lose in the second round, even as the one seed to the five seed grit and grind Grizzlies. So the, so the thunder are back in 2014 thinking we need to win. Now we got baptized by the heat two years ago. Now we're ready to win. And the old man, San Antonio Spurs with a, with a very young Kawhi Leonard, stymie them in six games yeah and and that series that series was really a fun clash of styles um actually i was looking in that western conference finals the spurs had six guys average double figures obviously duncan manu diao tony parker danny green Mm -hmm. and and baby Kawhi, who was the lowest Mm -hmm. double figure score um tim duncan was 38 years old he averaged 17.8 points per game against the thunder Kawhi um, led the Spurs in minutes, but he's still incredibly raw offensively. I was watching highlights. He just doesn't have much in his offensive repertoire. He averaged 11.8, 5.5, and two and a half assists on 41% field goals, 26% from three. Um, the Spurs hit 50% more threes than the Thunder, which was only 63s over the course of the series. <laughs> um and, and it was and it was just an incredible um, establishment, reestablishment of dominance from one of the more aesthetically pleasing teams we've ever had. Yeah, absolute return to glory for the Spurs and redemption from the wor- maybe the worst finals loss ever um, in 2013. 
So after making it through that Thunder team, even with a slightly compromised Ibaka, but still, and I think Kawhi had like just an incredible clutch defensive block on Westbrook in one of the games that year. It was, it was a masterful performance. And then they get to the finals against a team that took them to seven the year before and won and maybe the most painful finals loss of all time with the Ray yeah. Allen shot in game six and the yellow ropes around the court. Um, very famous in everyone's mind. Heat and, fans leaving the building. Yeah. And they absolutely, there's two competitive games at the beginning of the series. And then they absolutely buzzsaw them. It's the largest margin of victory ever in a finals. I'm pretty sure. And they made the Heatles, which was like this vaunted super team look like a team that would be a second round exit in some years. Like, they had absolutely no idea what to do with them. They played just this dizzying brand of, yeah, the Suns talk about 0.5 basketball where you catch it and you, in half a second you make a decision whether you're going to pass, dribble, or shoot. This was like 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2 basketball, like just that ramped up to 100, taking every shot where they had an inch of daylight, passes just whipping around the court. Hi, to this my. day, I will, yes, to this day, I will still go back and watch the YouTube video like, the beautiful game 2014 Spurs, um, which is like just an 11 minute compilation of these guys just whipping the ball around for an open three, basically throwing behind the back passes and Manu Ginobili just dunking on Chris Bosch, um, which I remember in the time Manu tried to dunk on him, I think either that same year or the previous year and missed. And then like game five, he finally got it. And it was like a really cathartic moment. And yeah, just the redemption after that 2013 loss, the just kind of playing the apex of basketball. They literally convinced LeBron that his window in Miami had closed. Um, yeah. Kevin Durant led the 2014 playoffs in points, even though he didn't make the finals, which I thought was pretty interesting. That's hilarious. Uh, um, obviously, the, the the Spurs were doing it by committee. Um, but yeah, to, to, to beat a team in five with one of the two best players ever, coming, out, coming off of two titles was completely ridiculous. And I love seeing you emotional when you talk about Manu. Um, oh, yeah. I know how much he matters to you. And, yeah. uh, yeah. So I, I had them at number one, uh, simply because zero ring chaser tax. Um, I think thunder to heat was about as hard as it can get from a conference finals to finals. And again, I mean, also the fact that they went seven in round one, somehow the Mavs gave the Spurs way more trouble than LeBron's heat did. Yeah. And the mental, the mental degree of difficulty as well, coming back from the previous year. Yeah. So, so that's my number one They're your number two. You had the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers, a number one, um, yeah. which leads us to now 2022 yep. two one, the Boston Celtics are leading going into game four in Boston. And before we close, I just wanted to ask you like, obviously assuming that, Steph, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Draymond, none of these really key guys gets hurt. Um, where do you think that this 2022 title is going to fit into our trophy case in terms of weight, size, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I would call it medium light. I think I would put it between, on my list, between the Bucks from last year and the Raptors from 2019. Um, so under that decidedly under like the 2015 warriors for me. Um, but kind of like a little below the median basically of, of championship weight. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah. I think we were talking about this before we started recording, but 
Um, I, I really felt like the closest thing we've had to a final series this year was that Celtics Bucks round two. Yeah. And the fact that they escaped uh, that series against Giannis, who I believe is the best player in the league right now, even without Middleton, I was incredibly impressed by the Celtics' um, mental fortitude, what it took to knock off the best player in the league in Giannis. And I think, I think like strength of schedule, degree of difficulty wise, if you're going from the Warriors side, you know, they faced Memphis, but Jaw got hurt like halfway through it. They faced a very compromised Nuggets team. Phoenix, who was probably their chief rival, kind of self-combusted. Um, so we never really got to see that series, although that's not the Warriors' fault. Um, and then from the Boston perspective, they got the Nets in the first round. That was a very dominant performance. But then they went seven against the Bucks team, with which with no Middleton, I don't think anyone really expected that series to go seven. Um, and then also seven against a very banged up Miami Heat team. So basically, I came away from this exercise. That's just like I think strength of schedule, degree of difficulty wise, it's like medium light. But when we talk about like how meaningful this championship will be, I kind of came away feeling like it's one of the less meaningful championships we've had in a little while. Um, not to bum our, our listener base out, but uh, yeah, I, ju- I just kind of feel like, you know, I didn't pick, I, I don't think anyone thought either of these teams was like a finals worthy team going into the year. Like maybe the Warriors of everything hit right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I'd pick either of them to make the finals next year, assuming that everyone's healthy. So it's, I mean, they're both very good teams. Whoever wins is going to be a worthy champion. Um, but I guess it is leaving me a little cold. I agree. I think that I would have them pretty close to the Raptors. I'd have this year's champion close to the Raptors, probably in my uh, third lowest slot above the two KD finals MVPs. We haven't had a close game yet, and, and we're kind of bouncing between blowouts, um, which makes it feel like neither team is particularly special um yeah and it i think and if the on the conversely if the warriors win i think it would probably be the most impressive individual accomplishment of steph curry's career just because i think this is the most flawed finals team that he's been on um with uh, during this warriors run it's it's obviously uh people might draw comparisons to like the 2014 championship for the spurs and sort of extending the dynasty but it doesn't mean nearly the same without sort of like the mental, I mean, they had their own mental trauma with going through sort of the, the three years in the desert um, yeah. following the 2019 finals. Yeah. But so it'll have sort of some of that like redemption sweetness, but I mean, it, it doesn't hold a candle, I think to just the way the Spurs lost that finals in 2013 and then coming back the next year. So yeah, it does seem to fall sort of into the 2019 Toronto weird year, um, a team we didn't quite expect that still has a lot of talent and the, and the title will still tell us a lot about the guys involved. Obviously um, Tatum has completely elevated his status. Steph has affirmed that he is still in his prime and that the Warriors window is longer than we had probably expected. Um, But yes, this is no, this, I I wouldn't put this on the same tier as like Giannis uh, 2021. Yeah. And yeah, talking about windows and sort of having said what I said about not, I wouldn't pick either team to make the finals next year. Um, I think both teams should feel a fire under their ass, like even more so than usual to try to win this year. Cause I think this is really both of their best shots to win it for the foreseeable yeah. future. If we're talking about who has a longer 
who's more likely to make it back next year. I might say the Warriors just because they have a chance to be better next year if Clay gets like a whole off season and kind of regains some of his like you know routine and put some more strength on. He looks a little maybe skinny. maybe they flip Wiseman for someone. Kuminga yeah, they get Moody. something. Moody's a serviceable three and D role guy. Exactly. Um, whereas the Celtics, I think, are kind of going to be the same team next year, um, and they're going to run into Giannis again. Who knows what's going to happen with Philly? Who knows what's going to happen? with Brooklyn like there's a lot of star power in the east that they could run into yeah so I think both of these teams are in sort of they've got to win now because I think next year I mean the Clippers are coming the Bucks are coming if Brooklyn can you know figure out how to not be a shit show they're coming um yeah I don't even when you say when you start your sentence they I think they need to win now I don't even think you need to qualify it teams in the NBA need to win now because windows close the league is 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 so jam packed, and when you when you can fight your way into the finals and you get there, you gotta close it out because yes. chances are, if you're there, it's the best chance you'll ever have. Ask Phoenix.